Welcome to Lockhead on Marketing, where we're trying the world's first marketing pod storm. 30 days of strategies and ideas to help you create the future of your choosing. Hey ho, let's go. Thanks for pressing play. This is Lockhead on Marketing, and we are doing the world's first marketing pod storm. 30 days of podcasts helping you uh, get creative, get innovative, sharing strategies and ideas for upping the downturn. When a recession gives you lemons, let's punch it in the face. And um, during the pod storm, we are going to be doing a live question and answer session on our Facebook group every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. And so we did our first one, and um, we're going to share it with you in two parts. And if you uh, want to join us, that'd be great. Just search Christopher Lockhead, follow your different on Facebook, and you'll find us. Or if you can't find us live or can't make us live, then send your questions to Black Hole, all one word, B-L-A-C-K-H-O-L-E at Lockhead.com. And that's L O C H. And then another H-E-A-D.com, blackhole uh, at lockhead.com. As always, we're sponsored by my good friends at Oracle NetSuite. They have a fantastic new guide called Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now. So to pick that up and schedule your free product tour, visit netsuite.com slash different to get your free guide, Seven Actions Businesses Need to Take Now, and schedule your free product tour of the number one cloud ERP system on the planet, NetSuite at netsuite.com slash different. And uh, data has never been more important, and you can learn how to turn data into doing at Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K dot com slash D, the number two E, as in data to everything, Splunk dot com slash D to E. Now, your questions and my slightly sober answers. Hey ho, let's go. I'm stoked that you guys are here. Thank you for joining me. Um, And uh, let's see what's going on here. So here's the first question. What do I do if my CEO doesn't get it about marketing? Well, here's what I know. Are there some companies that are lucky? Are there some companies who just by pure luck, by pure, I don't know what, hit a vein and and things get going? Sure, that happens. But in general, very little happens without legendary marketing. And even more so than that, the degree to which you're working on something exponential as opposed to something incremental, the more exponential it is, the more explanation it requires. And in that situation, that's called legendary marketing. That's called category design. So if your CEO doesn't quote unquote get it about marketing, and I know this is a tough thing to say with a recession going on, quit. Because if you run up against a competitor whose CEO does get it about marketing, um, you're going to be in for a world of pain. And I had this happen to me once uh, early in my life when I was um, when I was a kid. My first head of marketing job was for a company called Vantive in the CRM space. And um, there was three or four companies in that space who were vying for category king, category queen leadership. And along came this company called Siebel Systems. And they crushed us. They ate our lunch. They did legendary marketing. They got out in front. They outspent everybody. They were super strategic. And I was about 28, 29 years old at the time. And they started kicking our ass royally in the marketplace. And I remember this experience that I had. I was like, hey, 
hey, I'm supposed to be the one kicking ass, not having my ass kicked. Uh, and our CEO at the time, with all due respect, was lacking a lot of courage, particularly, well, in every area. And of course, it showed up in marketing. And so if your CEO doesn't, quote unquote, get it about marketing and isn't willing to be a leader, isn't willing to get out in front and be the company designing and dominating the category, if you can't get your CEO there pretty quickly, then I'd say it's time to get out and go. All right. So uh, thank you for that. Now, uh, let's see, any, um, let me see any other questions coming in here. Here's one from Cindy. What relationship should a CMO and a CEO have, particularly during a recession? Uh, thank you for that, Cindy. Here's what I believe. Having, having sat in the CMO spot multiple times during a crisis, the CEO and the CMO should be essentially tied together. The CE, the CMO at, at all times, but particularly in times of crisis, is, uh, if you will, like the press secretary for the president of the United States. And so, uh, and, and, and strategic communication frames the context for everything that's going on in a company. And so, if the CEO and CMO aren't working in lockstep, then framing that strategic context is probably not going to work very well. The other thing is language creates thinking and thinking creates action. And so in a crisis, there are things that you're doing strategically, tactically, and then there's the way that you communicate those things. And what happens is over time, those things are inextricably linked. And um, so my point is, in order to get those things right, Cindy, they should be tied at the hip. And when I was a CMO, that's exactly what happened. And we were communicating multiple times a day. And just to get back to uh, General McChrystal, and actually talked about this originally with his partner, uh, Chris Fussell, um, right now is a time for radical over-communication, radical transparency, what McChrystal and Fussell call digital leadership. And so um, being in lockstep about that really matters. You know, I've seen this recently with my friends at Splunk. They've been doing an extraordinary job of getting forward on their skis and uh, getting their CEO, Doug Merritt, out there and talking and sharing their vision and how they can help in this crisis and so forth. And so I guess the bottom line is, uh, I always think the CEO and CMO should be sort of connected at the hip. But um, uh, in this time, it matters uh, more than at any other time before. I wonder if anybody is uh, working on writing books right now. We've had some really great news about, um, this is a side note, you didn't ask this question, but <laughs> i tell you anyway, really great news about our book, Play Bigger. For The book came out before four years ago in about two weeks. And we have gotten like very little data at all uh, since the book came out in terms of how well it's performed. And uh, we found out in the last week or so that uh, we are at a minimum in the top 5% of sales for business books. And so those of you who've read Play Bigger, uh, those of you who've recommended Play Bigger to your friends, I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Uh, you have contributed uh, massively, massively to um, the success of that book. And uh, I deeply, deeply appreciate it. All right, here's another question coming in from... Richard, about evangelizing the category. There's an interesting thing here, uh, Richard. Most companies 
have over-rotated on brand. And the marketing world has said for, for several decades now, brand, 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 it's all about your brand, building your brand, personal branding, all this kind of garbage. And look, I'm a three-time CMO. I think branding is important. However, here's the fundamental aha. Number one, brands are about us, our company, our, our product, our service. Categories are about customers. And so um, when we talk all the time about brand, it's the equivalent of going to a dinner party and talking all about yourself as opposed to talking about others. Categories fundamentally are about problems or opportunities being experienced by others. So that's kind of point A. Point B, with categories, it's the way the human brain works. So for example, uh, as you might know, I don't have any kids. So every dime that Chrysler spends marketing a minivan to me is wasted money. On the other hand, I love muscle cars and I uh, have a Mustang Shelby Cobra. So every dime that Ford spends marketing um, the Shelby Cobra to me is a good investment because who knows, I might spontaneously <laughs> buy another one. And so what happens is the way the human brain works is first we have to understand uh, what the category is, and then we start thinking about brands. So, uh, for example, let's say I said to you, um, hey, would you like a whiskey? Or if I said to you more, more effectively, hey, would you like something to drink? Maybe you and I were getting together. I said, hey, could I get you, could I pour you something to drink? And how does that conversation often go? Well, it off, often the guest will say, well, you know, what do you have? And I say, oh, we have everything. You know, if you want a beer, wine, um, uh, hard liquor, anything you like. What you're starting to do is you start at the very top. Would you like something to drink? Drink uh, a beverage is a mega category. Then the, your friend asks you, well, what do you have? What they're saying is, what categories of drinks do you have? And then you describe, well, we have wine and we have beer and we have this and we have that. And then they say, well, do you have any whiskey? Because that's the category they want. And then they'll ask what brands of whiskey you have and they'll make a decision. And so there's sort of a hierarchy that the human brain works on that starts with category, drink in this case, type of drink, which is sort of, if you will, subcategory, and then you get to brand. Now, and so that's how the human brain works. In other words, if I'm not interested in the category, then uh, I'm not going to be interested in the brand. But the category comes first. And then so, Richard, to get back to your question about evangelizing, right now, I think more than ever, we want to be evangelizing our category. And the reason for that is um, most companies with their marketing, the way they think, is that they're in a battle for market or category share. And that's sometimes often the case. Well, that may be true in part today. What's really going on, the mega battle right now, is a battle for wallet share. And what I mean by wallet share is virtually everybody in the world, almost, has suffered some economic hardship, and some people have suffered some massive economic hardship over the last handful of weeks. And when people's, uh, as a result, their budgets shrink, they come down. And when that happens for people, 
they deprioritize some things and uh, uh, reprioritize others. And a question I get all the time is, how do we be more of a uh, an aspirin and less of a vitamin? And part of that comes from evangelizing the category. That is to say, the more strategic I can make my category now, the more likely I am to increase the, where I sit in that wallet share, in that mental discussion people are having with themselves. So Ellen, for example, for you as a book consultant, you know, it might not sound urgent for people right now to consider writing the book that they've always wanted to write. However, if you're out there evangelizing the power of writing a book and that uh, as counterintuitive as it might sound to some, that during this C-19 crisis, if you're somebody with a little bit of downtime, maybe you have extra time that you didn't have before. And if you've always had uh, the great American novel or the great American business book or or the great European business book, if that's where you're listening from, in you, now might be a time to consider writing a book. And if you're out there, in this case, Ellen, as a book consultant, and you're the one evangelizing the difference that writing a book can make in your life, then you may cause people to wake up and go, hmm, maybe writing a book is something I should do now. Maybe this is exactly the right time. And so when you do that, what you're doing is evangelizing the category. And as a result, you're, chi- <clears throat> you're trying to change uh, in sort of the mind of people, the mind of, of the category, the importance of what you do over the importance of somebody else. You're climbing a ladder. You're climbing a mountain of importance. And so that's what I mean by playing a wallet share game now. That is to say, you're trying to get a disp- of a of a shrinking amount of spend in the economy. You're trying to get more than your fair share of that spend. And the mistake a lot of people make is they start marketing, marketing, marketing their brand, 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 which is about them. Right now, more than ever before, people concern are concerned about themselves. You know, to quote to quote uh, uh, George uh, H. W. Bush, it's sometimes hard to put food on your family, and so that's that's the game everybody's playing right now. Is can I elevate the value of my category, the importance of my category above those above other categories, such that people prioritize spending in in our area versus others? That's sort of job one, and then job two is um, my brand. Will people pick me? And here's the other sort of aha. And this is something I think very few people get. Uh, Subtly, people understand that the category queen is the company that evangelizes the category and actually helps to grow the category, that makes the category more important, that shares success stories about what what customers and what customers are doing in the category and puts the category first with a point of view but their brand second and so what happens when you do that is you get this aha that says um the customers and the prospects in your market category when you're the one evangelizing the market category assume you're the category queen or king in your market category and so by evangelizing the category, essentially, you simultaneously um, do two things, which is um, you, A, help with that hierarchy, help with 
getting people to realize the strategic value of the category and increasing your uh, importance, if you will, in this time of wallet share, prioritizing your category over someone else. And B, you subtly position yourself as the market category uh, king, queen, as the leader. All right. We would like to thank the great folks at Atranet, building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check out atre.net. My friends at Spiro.ai want to help you increase your sales. And who doesn't want to do that? Check out spiro.ai, the power of AI for proactive relationship management. I also need to remind you that today's information is uh, provided to you solely for informational purposes and that Adam West is the real Batman and Linda Carter is the real Wonder Woman. Warning, the creators of this oddcast may have been consuming libations. Remember to keep your eyes on the road and your hands upon the wheel. We are edited and produced by living podcast legend Jason DeFilippo, technical uh, awesomeness and lockhead.com by Jamie J and Sarah Knox, show notes by Diane Gervasio. And the thought I'll leave you with comes from Michael Gerber, who said, creativity thinks up new things, innovation does new things. All right, my friends, thank you so much for investing part of your life with us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Stay healthy. I hope you're having a great weekend and uh, stay legendary and follow your different. 